Welcome to Let Fear Bounce, the podcast that sheds light on the transformative power of overcoming fear. And dogs and coffee will more than likely creep into our conversations. So join me, Kim Langling, the host of Let Fear Bounce, as I chat with folks from around the world who share their inspirational stories and how they've turned their fear into fuel for a brighter future. You're going to hear from folks just like you and me, people who have navigated challenges and unleashed their personal strength to craft a life filled with fulfillment and joy. So are you ready to be uplifted, inspired, and motivated to conquer your own fear and bounce toward a life that you love? I know that I am. So grab your coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get this show started. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so happy that you're deciding to spend just a small part of your day with myself today and my special guest, Diane Floyd Bame. She is an author. Let's see here. She is an award-winning international author of children's books and young adult historical fiction. In addition, she writes books to inspire readers to be kind, love themselves, peace in the world, and to embrace imagination. You can find all of her books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or you can order them through your favorite bookstore. She's a graduate of George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, with a Bachelor of Science in Education, and she later received her her kindergarten endorsement at the University of Texas in Austin. She's had good fortune to work with incredible individuals and organizations doing humanitarian work in various countries over the years, and she has found that storytelling of one form or another always plays a role. Diane, thank you so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce. I have been so looking forward to this. Thank you so much. And that was such a lovely introduction. I was turning red. <laughs> isn't it Isn't it funny to hear your bio read by someone else? It is. I'm like, who's she talking about? I, oh, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. I'll sit there and go, oh, wow, you almost get, at least for me, I'll almost get uncomfortable. And I'm like, I did do that stuff. Wow. <laughs> done a few things <laughs> come a long way from being that little girl who uh, wasn't quite sure if she should go say hi to somebody <laughs> right exactly exactly so hey I want to jump right into it you've got 13 books out which is awesome so between children's books and young adult historical fiction I think both of those genres are awesome uh, and I we were talking off mic. I love talking or reading. I love reading children's books still to this day. So I want to know why you decided to write children's books and you've got many of them out there and they all share a lesson. So what is it, you know, from your heart that you're putting into these books? Thank you so much for the question. So um, first of all, welcome to my story garden. I just want to share behind you is children's books. Yay! <laughs> and um, some of them go all the way back to my mama when she was a child. And so children's books have always played a role in the family, even when I was a little girl with mama reading and my daddy, but mostly mama reading to us. Uh, my background is elementary education. And I have always been a storyteller. And even when I was 10 years old, that's when the first time I fell in love with the stage. And after that, it was like, okay, what can I do now to be on stage to sing or tell a story or do whatever uh, to bring a smile upon someone's face? When I was in the classroom, I would make up stories just to kind of break things up and let the kids feel more comfortable about what we're doing. 
So I'd even come up with like a story about mathematics, you know, the three little bunnies were hopping around, but they really wanted that carrot. Who's going to get it? Well, we divided it enough for three people to have it, you know, and they're like, oh, I understand fractions now, you know. So. I wish I would have had a teacher like you <laughs> oh, thank because you. I'm horrible at math. I'm absolutely horrible at math. <laughs> I wasn't that great at math. And I think that's why, you know, it's, it's those subjects that were the hardest for you that you ended up teaching the best because you didn't want people to be crying like you did when you were taking the class. (laughs) Anyway, one thing led to another and uh, I was out in the garden. Um, I pretend I have a green thumb, but I do love slushing around in the mud and all that stuff and watching plants grow, hopefully. (laughs) But anyway, and it just dawned on me um, that I should take the stories that I've said through the years and, and put them to print. It was time. So I, you know, I really listened to the angels and thought, okay, I can do that. And um, so inside I went and uh, I'm I'm hesitating because I know I told you a story offhand, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it. And so, okay, my kiddos, brace yourself. The other reason that I started writing children's books is I knew one day they, my kids were not going to listen to me when they became parents. And um, so I thought, besides inspiring young children to write, that my future grandchildren, they could learn lessons through my books. (laughs) So when the kids didn't want to listen to what I thought might be kind of a neat idea or something, um, I just work it into the story. Oops. Oh, there you go. And and by golly, look, your, your kids are teaching their kids your lessons anyway. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I think that's a brilliant idea. (laughs) Thank you. So everyone listening, there you go. Write your stories down. Yeah, that there you go. Encourage people to write their own books so you can put your own lessons in for your own kids who never listen to you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and let us know, we'll read the stories. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I was telling you off, Mike, again, I, I love reading children's books. I just, I get a kick out of them. Um, and I like seeing how other authors, how their brains work. You know, because as an author myself, I I think in the background as well as in the story part when you're reading it. Do you do the same? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I like to think of my books as multi-layered. So how a child is going to take a story in will be one way. Um, But how a parent takes it in, it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, is she speaking to me? (laughs) See, look at all the lessons you're teaching us already today. (laughs) these little you're giving us these little nuggets you're tossing out there that we can all use all of the writers out there that might be listening in so did you always want to be an author no matter of fact absolutely 100% not um I enjoyed creative writing in high school but I was one of these well first of all everyone listening I'm a lot older we didn't have computers so my brain would think so quickly while I was writing that I didn't get all the commas in or I might have run on sentences or whatever and so by the time the teacher got it I'd be so proud of what I wrote you know I remember one of my stories brace yourself was Elvis Presley is alive he's living on a planet and I just thought that was so brilliant (laughs) 
so I was so proud to turn that in, right? And um, anyway, uh, so actually, he still really was alive. I'm not sure he'd appreciate that story. <laughs> but anyway, the story came back to me, and it was just filled with red marks everywhere. And I got a horrible grade because, you know, I, I should have moved this sentence over here, and I should have done this, and the commas were all wrong. And I had really long hair, and I just covered my face up and my hair, and the tears were just rolling down. And I just thought, I'm never going to write. I'm not meant to write. I don't get those commas where they're supposed to be. The comma made sense to me because I took a breath when I was reading it in my brain. Right. Right. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I took a breath. I'll put a comma there, you know. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's what you do when you sing, right? It makes sense to me. Right. So, but, right. Um, well, that's a, the joke in my family is because I, I had said earlier, I'm horrible at math. And when you said, because in your brain, you took a breath when you were reading in your brain, that's how I do math. I always say, well, I have, give me a minute. I have to erase my mental chalkboard. <laughs> so exactly. I, you know, I got it. I got the, I, I got that problem wrong. Give me a second to erase my mental chalkboard and then I can rewrite the problem out and figure it out. So that's kind of the joke in my family. They'll be like, oh, give her a minute. She's erasing her mental chalkboard. <laughs> I love that. I have to remember that one. I love that. <laughs> And that could be used for writing. You right, know? right. But you know, one thing leads to another and you grow up and and you learn how to write properly. And luckily I had some educators um, as I was going to school who saw that I was really good um, writing and said, don't worry about it. You're going to re-edit everything anyway. You don't get a grade, you know, blah, 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 blah. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, <laughs> How about that? Yes, I can, I can write. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So when was your first book out? Gee whiz. Um, I think about how long it took to even get a, a book out, but I think it's been about 11 years now. Okay. Now, yeah, did, you, so. did you go traditional publishing or do you self-publish or have you done a little bit of both? I was originally trying to do it the professional way with an agent and everything, and a long story short, the agent was selling my stories or the titles of my books and everything. Um, and that was really tragic. You could make a movie out of everything if you knew the Hoback story. And it just it just knocked me for a loop because I'm so trusting and think everyone's just, you know, so kind and loving. And so if somebody breaks my trust, I'm just I'm just blown away because I don't understand. We're adults. We're not supposed to be that way. So I live in the Pollyanna land sometimes, you know. <laughs> and so, and then when I was in Dubai, because I lived there for 14 years in the Middle East, I met this wonderful woman who decided she was going to start her own hybrid publishing. When hybrid publishing was brand new, like she was one of the first people in um, Anne O'Connell outside. She, it's OC Publishing in Canada. That's where she's from. And um, so I was the first person that, you know, the first book that she published. And I was so pleased that she gave me a chance. And I, lo I love the different, you know, hybrid publishing is very interesting. And then the self-publishing. And so now, though, um, I have three publishers. <laughs> that amazing that so. is amazing though that is amazing yeah. see, for myself i've 
and it's it's interesting the story you just shared kind of it's kind of parallel with how mine was mm -hmm. I, I met a lady through a networking thing at the beginning of the pandemic so I decided gonna make my own job so I did and I was online constantly joining groups and networking and all of that and she's from England and she I said I've got this idea for an anthology and she said I'm literally starting up my own little publishing company. And wow. so we connected that way. And that's how I have a three book series called when grace, when grace found me. And that's how those started. So she's kind of, you know, a hybrid publisher. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I went the self publishing route, my last two books, and then mm -hmm. my one's coming out. Just it's, it's nice for me. And tell me if this is the same for you. I like knowing exactly when I can put it out, how I can put it out, how I can market it, where I market it, what it's going to look like. In other words, I have full control of the whole process from beginning to end. Now I have, you know, I have an editor and people like that, that do things, but you've, have you done self-publishing at all? Or you, you just use your, your three publishers. You are so blessed that you have a brain that wants to do all of that. That is the <laughs> last thing that I want to do. Ah, okay. <laughs> and so uh, now I'm with uh, Norn's Triad Publishing, who are publications who just did Boomer the Curious Bunny, which is going to turn into a series. And they do everything. So I'm just, all I have to do is write. And uh, and so i like, yay! <laughs> Well, it does make it much easier. <laughs> yes, but the great thing about self-publishing, I believe, is for everything you just mentioned, but also that, um, you know, you said marketing, which was extremely important, which is very tough for me to do. Um, but then the money that comes in, you're not, you mean, it comes to you, you know? Right, right. So that, that's, that's a huge plus. Yes, it is, actually. Um, now, my books aren't like these amazing internationally best-selling USA Today, New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> you know, That's okay. The way I look at it is if I can recoup my out-of-pocket costs and mm -hmm. then make a little something, I think that's a win. <laughs> it absolutely is. And, you know, you brought up a really good point that for all our listeners that, look, you know, we don't write because we're going to become famous, you know, the percentage of people who actually get a movie that's so teeny tiny, right? You write because all of a sudden there's this fire in your gut and you just have to get that message out. And, and the message could be something where as simple as, you know, just to love yourself, you know, to share kindness or, or the message is just to a pure joy to make them laugh because you have that personality that you can come up with those one liners, which I cannot do. But you just want to get it out because you want to make a difference to somebody and you may never know who you made that difference to. But, you know, in your heart that somewhere you made a difference in the world and, and that's why you're still here on the planet. I get carried away. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I am right there with you, sister, <laughs> right there with you. And yet I like how you did mention it's a very small percentage of people that get movies made. It's also a very small percentage of authors that hit the USA today or New York times bestselling 
list. That's right. That's absolutely um, right. And I know when I when I was doing, you know, I've had so many people say, "Well, are you going to make any money?" And I'm like, "Why is that your first question?" Right. Right. I I just wrote a book. That's exciting <laughs> stuff. And not everybody can say they did. And the first question I get asked is, "Well, are you going to make any money? If not, and what are you doing it for?" And that's sad. That shows their priorities aren't quite there yet within their own mind, right? Right, right. And I'm like, well, you know, this is my world. And, mm -hmm. you know, you live in yours and I'll live in mine. Thank you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Where to me is when, um, before I even was published and somebody told me they wrote a book, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That is amazing. How did you do that? We need to go celebrate. Yes. <laughs> that would be my reaction. Yes. And when I've had people say, you know, I've been thinking, and there's a lot of people that say I've always wanted to write a book. And my, my answer or reply to that is, well, why haven't you? Oh, I love that. You know, people yeah. are, oh, I've always wanted to. Well, why haven't you? And then they're like, oh, uh, 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 I don't have time. Like, you know what? You can always find time. Yes. You can yeah. always find time for that for which you have a passion for. Because that wasn't, that gift wasn't given to you for, to let it sit. That's right. Absolutely. It was Absolutely. given to you to, to share it with the world in whatever fashion that you can in, mm. in love and kindness and goodness to put mm -hmm. it out there in the world. You know, I'm always saying, you know what, I just want to toss out nuggets of hope and I can't do it. You know, I can't change the world, but I can change my small slice of the world. That's exactly what I say. Yeah. And if everybody did that in their own slice of the world, this world would be so different. So different. It would be weird. I like books because you're tossing that out there, mm -hmm. especially children's books. Mm -hmm. This is just my opinion. I think children, and the, the, the ones that you write, the way that you write, you're setting that out there for the younger ones to read and hopefully that sits in their heads and in their little hearts and stays with them mm -hmm. and they carry it with them as they grow. I do hope so. You know, in uh, Charlie and the Tire Swing, it is multi-generational. And the reason I wrote it, one the inspiration was really my son, he, when he was little, he had a tire swing on a great big giant oak tree. And so he would say, mama, mama, come out, you know, and I'd push him because, okay, you ready? Here goes my imagination. And truly, this is how it would be. And he would come up with a story. And, you know, sometimes he was Dick Tracy out on a mission. And, you know, sometimes he was MacGyver out doing something and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and so I thought, and every time, you know, he came up with his own little lesson of helping people. And so fast forward, I thought, you know, I'm going to write Charlie. That's not my son's name, but I like the name Charlie. Um, Charlie and the tire swing, but I'm going to make it multi-generational so that the kid's going to learn there's great grandparents, grandparents, and then there's them, right? Parents, and then there's them. And, and I actually love it when I receive emails saying, Mike, I couldn't even get through the story. All my kid wanted to know is, do I have a great grandpa? Do I have a great grandpa, great grandma? And they're like, I want to know more about that. And then they'll get to the story and so forth. Or in the way the the illustrator, Judy Godet, did the um the illustrations, you go through the seasons. So the kid, you know, when he 
first um, gets the, not Charlie, but the great-grandpa gives his grandson a little seed for an oak tree. And the little kid goes through the season. He keeps looking. There's nothing there yet because he has a little marker. And and the illustrator shows the different seasons till a little twig pops up. And again, the story has so many layers because there's seasons, there's family history, there's this loveliness where the the child Charlie is at his grandpa's house, but it was really his great great grandpa's house. And so it just it's very magical. And in the end, um his grand Charlie's grandpa goes and gets a tire out of the garage with Charlie coming and they hang up the tire swing and that's the beginning of Charlie's adventures so there'll be more stories coming so oh yay I was gonna say is there gonna be more coming of Charlie and his tire swing because yeah. I want to read them <laughs> <laughs> so much more you know and so lessons learned are are boomer the way I did boomer the curious bunny and now it did so well thank you, Lord, that um, there's going to be a series. And so Boomer is all about, I don't want to just sit around the little forest. I want to see what else is out there, you know? And so he hops out to explore the world. And the way I make it very sing-songy in some ways that the kids um, and Boomer went to see, and then the kid learns to say, what he could see so you're reading the story and there'll be a point boomer went to see and then you pause and the kid goes to see what he could see so the right. child becomes part of the story and I know my grandson just loves it I have to pause like that so he can say to see what he could see you know or or then, and that's uh, going to stick with them that's going to yeah, stick with them exactly what you said and uh so I, I take part of my um you know what I did as a elementary preschool teacher and so forth and I know the skills that they have to learn comprehension and recall and in that book there's a lot of comprehension and recall that takes place so there's a lot of learning lessons going on and the kid doesn't even know it but he all of a sudden he discovers that he can recall but when the teacher when he's in the classroom and he's like well what did the teacher say what did the teacher say what did the teacher say and his brain's going I don't think I could do it you know but but if he remembers that, well, you did it with Boomer, then he's going to go, well, I did it with Boomer. Boomer did this, and then he did that, and he did that, and he made us all the way all the way back home. Then the kid's going to go, eh, I can do recall, no yeah. problem. Now, see, that, yeah, your background is perfect <laughs> to be a children's book writer. <laughs> Thank you. I, I enjoy looking back sometimes and seeing the steps that we've had to take to where we're at now and what mm -hmm. we're doing now. And you get this little light bulb that goes, oh, that's that's why I did that for 10 years. Yeah. Or that's why I did that for 20 years. Because my my background is sales and marketing. Mm. And I love it. I love being in front of people. I love meeting new people. I love talking to people. I love doing this podcast. You can put me in front of any people, audience, whatever. And I'll chit chat. Mm -hmm. It's you know something that I love doing. And I was good at that, doing sales and marketing for close to 25 years. And now what I'm doing now, because I do everything myself, <laughs> <laughs> I have to do all of my own marketing, but it's not as overwhelming and scary because I know how to do it. Right. You right, know, the right. base, the base, now it, it's a learning curve for authors and getting a book and stuff out there. But I, you know, I, I have that background, just like you've got yours to, to be, you know, makes you 
probably the perfect children's author, you know, <laughs> having that background that you have. You talked about your illustrator. Does an illustrator come with the publishing house or did you find your own illustrator? Again, another excellent question. Um, in some cases with uh, publishing houses, they have their own illustrator. So with Norn's Triad Publications, they have their own illustrator. Um, though the first book out, Boomer, which was the first one they did with me, um, they let me use Judy Gaudet. And I could still use her, but I'm going to go ahead and go in-house because there are going to be so many more boomers and the computer makes it easier and judy does it old school which is beautiful but oh. it's hard to get boomer to look exactly the same so um but i'm sure i'll use judy in other ways and um i've used different illustrators depending on the story i know a lot of authors like to use the same exact one so when people go oh i know that that author because of that the way the illustrator the illustrations are done. The way I see it is, so for example, in Harry the Camel, the illustrators from Sri Lanka, a good friend in Dubai, and um, she always wanted to illustrate a book. And so I'm like, okay, you're going to do one of mine. And so I feel like if God's blessed me to be able to write a children's book and it gets published, which is a blessing on itself, that I should open doors for others as well. And so um, Judy Gaudet, first time illustrating for children, now has done several other authors. Um, my Sri Lanka friend, she um, you know, has illustrated now for others. So opening doors is really something that I find joy in. I am right there with you again, sister. <laughs> That's why I enjoy, I coordinate anthologies and I've done five so far. Wow. And I love doing that because it's giving people an opportunity to write when they never, they may never have done it to begin with, or mm -hmm. they have never done it. And they're like, they can become a published author with their, you know, 1500 word story in a book. Mm -hmm. And, or they just, you know, they're saying, I don't want to do anything. I just, you know, I've always had this story in my head and I'm so glad, you know, so they can, they can say, look, I'm in a book. You know, mm -hmm. and that's just exciting. You know, that feeling when you get that in your hands, how exciting that is. And I love being able to provide that. That's why I love coordinating anthologies. And it's a lot of work. A lot because <laughs> I'm doing everything. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but the end, the end product, there's, it's not just one story. It's 10, 12, 15, 18, 20 different stories. So someone can pick up that book. And not every story in that book is going to be for everybody, but there will be one story that hits that person's heart yeah. and just might be the spark of light that they needed at that time. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm right there with you. Being able mm -hmm. to, you know, that's something I enjoy doing, giving someone mm -hmm. an opportunity. And I've, you know, I've had people that have been multi-published authors and they're like, oh, I've got a story. Can I be in your book? Yeah. Yeah, you can <laughs> come on in, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just fun. It's fun, but it's also an opportunity for other authors to write outside of their normal genre too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've done a couple of anthologies and I'm so proud to be part of them. Um, and to read short stories from other people that I never would have known about and I've become friends with. So there's so many things that come from doing what you're doing and, and yay for you for opening doors and 
and helping others. And like you said, maybe they may not ever write another story, but maybe one of them turns around and goes, you were just the step I needed to start writing more stories. You gave them the confidence. So yeah, gives that a little boost. Yeah. And there's, there is a couple of the ladies that, uh, from a few years ago in one of the first ones, they said that, you know, they've continued to write or the one lady, she started journaling and she journals every day now. And that's just, you know, to me, that's awesome. That's absolutely wonderful. They don't ever want, they don't want to be published. They don't want to go through Mm -hmm. that whole rigmarole, but they Mm -hmm. always just wanted, I guess they needed that boost to be able to get Mm -hmm. what's in their heads Mm -hmm. down on paper, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. and it makes them feel better to be able to do that. And, or they're writing it for those that are coming along behind them. Yes, exactly. Which is, leads into exactly what was in my brain while you were talking. Um, so for all your listeners and viewers, um, you don't have to be published to write your stories. Your family history is your story already. And to write those lovely stories of maybe of your childhood, or I've put together stories that my mom's you know, told. And so it's called the Floyd family stories, um, snippets. And so, you know, there's snippets all about my daddy because he had already gone to heaven when I came up with this idea, but it's insights that my grandson and even my brothers discovered, you know, little stories about my daddy growing up. And then mama sharing stories about, you know, living in Pennsylvania, by the way, and um, moving to Oklahoma and what it felt like to be to go from such a strange East Coast to Middle America is very different, especially, you know, in the uh, 30s. And so, um, and then just growing up in her, just just lovely stories that share part of your world. And then mama would share stories about great grandma or, or be her grandparents and so forth. And And now we have all these stories together and it's family history. And so I encourage everyone to sit down and write fun little, it can be just little snippets, one-liners, two-liners, or video yourself telling the story because the magic in your eyes about remembering your first time sledding, you know, um, it's gonna be incredible. We all don't have to be published, but those family stories, you can't imagine how you're going to help people, your own loved ones in years to come is my personal opinion. Well, and just think, you know, so you've got grand, you've got grandchildren. Um, I've got a grandchild. Just think that years down the road, when they pick up something that you've written and be like, wow, my grandma wrote this. <laughs> wow. Or wow. My grandma thinks the same way I do exactly you know on this or that what have you yeah it's what a neat legacy so journal it whatever keep you know you can buy all kinds of notebooks at the dollar store yeah that's exactly (laughs) right and just write and just Just write write. yeah just Mm -hmm. write just do it you don't have to do it for anybody else but yourself yes and I'll tell you one more tidbit if we have time so I have a root wall a giant root wall going up the stairs and it goes from like the 1800s up to to present time and of all different family members so um 
when I saw my eldest daughter was going through the change, you know, of puberty, I moved my my mama's 13-year-old picture down so that when my daughter was sitting on the stairs, she'd look over and see her grandma. Now, my mother was extremely gorgeous in her younger days, but her 13-year-old picture was just like all of us, you know, going through the change, right? And I remember one day she was like, are you sure that was grandma? I go, yeah, that was grandma, but you know, she was 13. Well, I'm 13. I guess there's hope for me, you know? And that picture did exactly what I wanted it to do, right? Right. Because uh, we're all gawky and dorky and <laughs> just not knowing anything at 13. You're wondering what the heck's going on. Oh, I know, exactly. <laughs> My youngest daughter is that way. And I said, don't worry, honey. My youngest daughter comes home. And she's in middle school for the first time, which means sixth grade over here. And she's like, so mom, what's liposuction? And I'm like, where did you hear that word? And so she's like, well, my new friend's mom told me her mom, she was a former Miss Texas and said that she needed liposuction. And do you think I need liposuction? And I go, no. She goes, but what about my little tummy here? And I go, honey, you know how all of us have big boobs? And and she says, yeah. I go, honey, it's just all going to move right on up and you're going to look great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and that was the end of it. <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> no lipo for me. Just keep coming out. <laughs> no lipo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, so Sorry. as we get ready to wrap this up today, this has just been such a pleasure and a blessing to have you on my show. I appreciate your time. I'd love to have you back on, especially when you've got some more new books coming out. Definitely want to have you back on to chit chat about them. But I ask all of my guests before we wrap up, first off, share where folks can find you. But then after that, I would like you to share a nugget of hope with the listeners, something that they can tuck away and carry with them for the rest of the day. So the floor is yours once again. Oh my goodness. There's so many things I could say to that. Um, <laughs> so we'll start off with the easy one, which is, um, so you can find me at Diane FloydBame.com. Now I'm going to spell it because I even make Diane hard. D I-A-N-N-F-L-O-Y-D-B-O-E-H-M.com and sign up for my newsletter. I would just absolutely love that. You can always email me and I love receiving emails, suggestions, ideas, what you, you know, inspire you, like you're thinking that you might want to be an author. Just email me because I, I love doing that. You can find my books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and you can always order it from your very favorite local bookstore. I just love local bookstores and they can have it for you in a jiffy. So now nuggets of hope, where do you start? Hope is a powerful word. And we always need to remember inside of us that there's a light in us and we can make that light grow. But the way we make the light grow is to believe in hope and to know that each second can be a little bit better as long as we believe in ourselves and love ourselves. Because if we can love ourselves, then we can share hope and passion. And isn't that what the world's all about? Is to share love and hope. But please love yourself and know that hopefully 
every single day that you're able to open your eyes is already a blessing. That is a perfect nugget of hope. And I hope everyone out there listening, I hope you caught that. <laughs> I hope you caught that and you carry it with you and share you. it. Share it with others, folks. Share your light with others. And let's brighten up this world that can feel pretty dark some days. Yes. We can, we can let's toss nuggets of hope out there like confetti, those little sparkles of light. You know, let's just cover the world with it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Thank you once again. And everything, you know, all her contact information and her website and all that will be in the show notes. And we're also on YouTube, folks. So please make sure you subscribe to the channel, which is just Nuggets of Hope on YouTube. But everything will be in the description there as well. Diane, thank you so much for being on my show today. Again, I do want to have you back. This has been an absolute pleasure and many blessings tossed in there throughout. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you and have a blessed day. You do the same. And everybody out there listening, thank you so much once again for sharing part of your day with myself and my guest, Diane Floyd Bame today. My name is Kim Langling. I am your host. Let fear bounce. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce this week. New episodes upload each Wednesday, folks, so be sure that you subscribe on one of your favorite platforms that you listen on. Also, we're on YouTube, so hop on over to YouTube, folks, and subscribe there. I appreciate your support, and I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you. You are amazing. Have a beautiful day. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. Mm -hmm.